live from the ESPN 690 and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The reality is that the AFC South is within striking distance. We are, we saw the Phoenix Cardinals go out and play extremely well against uh, the Rams, and we're, to, we're just trying to gauge ourselves. This team's a much different team than it was week one, a week whatever it was, week four. I mean, that, in a tough environment, go up there and play like our players play. You know, very proud of them. I mean, they came out smoking. They came out uh, hung in there in the, you know, the early stages. Anytime you go into a, an arena like that, that Cincinnati, a really good crowd that night. And Trevor's poise, you know, we, our tempo got screwed up a couple times. With uh, We had to burn a couple timeouts, a little bit too much substitution. We are going to work through that. And then one time his helmet went uh, dead, so we had to change helmets on him. But, I mean, it, the, the team's a much better team than it was week one. Now we just got to keep improving. Jacksonville coach Urban Meyer. He's not wrong in terms of improvements the past couple of games. Hasn't got you a win. You probably picked the very worst time to play the Tennessee Titans right now, coming off of a, a frustrating loss for them. We'll see um, if AJ. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, if AJ Brown and uh, Julio Jones are ready to go because that's going to be a big component if they are. But let's be honest. It's the Derrick Henry show, right? And, and I think if any reason why Joe Cullen was brought to this team, um, it was because of players like Derrick Henry. It was like stopping the run games of the Annapolis Colts. So Titans are a better team for sure. On paper, yes. Record, yes. History, yes. But I think as a Jaguars fan, and from my perspective, if you don't expect a close and competitive game, what are, you, what are you even in it for? You know, so hopefully it's that. We'll start seeing how the injury report do, uh, turns out now. You know, I mean, kind of lost in this whole shuffle with the video that circulated on Saturday is the fact that AJ can, is the fact that DJ Chark are probably both out for the year. Two huge losses. Anytime you lose a starter on offense, it's big, but losing your starting guard and now your starting wide receiver, that's big. So we'll kind of play that by ear, see who replaces them, what the plan's going to be going forward, and all of that. But he mentioned it. Trevor Lawrence came out and set aside from a, a couple of miscommunication issues here or there. Trevor probably had his best game. Uh, statistically, not his best game, but in terms of the overall, what it looked like, how it came across, his best game. And I think this entire rookie class overall had their best week of performances. And this is coming off of a week... We're, we're giving out D-minuses. We're giving out apps like it's going out of style. Look, look like my report card from seventh grade. It was horrible last week. And all of a sudden you fast forward to this past week, and now you got guys like Trey Lance getting an opportunity. And I'll be honest, Casey, I don't know how you feel about it. I was watching that 49ers game, and all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo on the sidelines, I thought he got benched, which was crazy because at the time it was 7-7. Seven to seven. But apparently Jimmy Garoppolo has some sort of calf issue, a calf strain. I don't... I'm not going to question Jimmy Garoppolo's toughness. I'm not going to do any of that. But all I'm going to say is that thing better be hurt because to, to forfeit your starting spot to Trey Lance, who came out there and had a pretty damn good performance, if you're the starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, that's the last thing you wanted to see because now the Trey Lance hype is real. Now all of a sudden we're talking about you being out two to three weeks. What's going to happen two to three weeks now? Trey Lance is 3-0 and or 2-0, and whatever the case may be. So if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo right now, I'm taking extra CBD baths. 
I'm getting extra ice in that calf. Uh, heck, I may go find a random person's calf and replace it with the, I, mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm desperate because I feel like if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you can feel that starting position slipping away. So first of all, shout out to Trey Lance for coming in and then throwing the ball to Debo Samuel oh, yeah, for, yeah, oh, for yeah, the Debo. daily fantasy situation. Nice. Literally, I was in serious trouble, and that put me over the edge. So shout nice. out to that. Now, why Debo Samuel was that open, I'll never know. Right. Hey, Seattle, get it together on defense. Yeah. But, yeah, still impressive by Trey Lance. So I didn't watch the full game. Okay. My question is this, and the way you just described it, I think I know the answer. Jimmy G took himself out? Is that how you – or was it just that was the – like – Ah, it kind of hurts. But now I and if yeah. you're sh- now you have the opportunity to put in Trey Lance. So once again, never going to question a player's toughness or anything like that. I didn't see an injury going into the half. I didn't see a hobbled Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. Obviously, he's going through some sort of pain. But I make the argument of okay, if if it's bad, it's bad. But you aren't much of a, a dual threat quarterback, right? You you rely more on your arm than you do with your legs. You couldn't make it work. Okay, so be it. But I'm watching Ben Roethlisberger literally might be running a seven-flat 40-yard dash, staying in the pocket way too long, taking hit after hit after hit from the Green Bay Packers, and he's still trying to do the dang thing. He's still trying to get Deontay Johnson and Smith-Schuster the ball. It looks like we can have Bernie some, sometimes, Casey. I've said it before. It, it looks rough back there for Ben Roethlisberger, but he's still doing the damn thing. I just hope that for Jimmy Garoppolo's sake, however serious this injury is, we haven't seen the last of Jimmy G, and that's how he's going to go out, right? Because once they go with Jimmy, uh, once they go with Trey Lance, pending an injury knock on wood, that's it for you. Like the, there is no backup role in San Francisco. They get rid of you, and then you go play, play someplace else, hopefully. And that's a big hopefully because your contract kind of pricey. So we'll see what happens from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's standpoint. But also, I mean, Mac Jones, you know, and this was the biggest thing for me with Mac Jones was. Was the moment going to be too big for him? Because lost in the shuffle of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the evil empire taking on Tom Brady and yada, yada, yada. It's as big as a Super Bowl, which it was an impressive game. Maybe a little overblown in terms of hype, but I get what you're trying to do. But quietly, Mac Jones outperformed Tom Brady. Like, like I understand. At the end of the day, the Buccaneers won, and that's all that matters. But Mac Jones... Had himself a day, 31 for 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And I'll say that again, 31 for 40, like this is the New England Patriots. They ran the ball eight times last night. Excuse me? Uh, Against the Tampa Bay defense, who I get they're beatable in the air, but still, you got a rookie quarterback playing arguably the biggest game of the year, sets the Super Bowl, and you got him throwing the ball 31 times? And guess what? It looked pretty good. He, he looked poised, he looked calm, he looked confident. And that, that's been kind of Mac Jones' uh, M.O. his entire season so far, even the preseason, and we spoke on this before. In terms of a guy who just has control of an offense, a guy who just isn't unraveling at all, it's Mac Jones. Like, we've seen the ups and downs uh, of Zach Wilson. Yeah, we saw the down of Mac Jones because he had a rough game. But overall, no quarterback right now in this rookie class looks more... NFL ready, looks more comfortable game in and game out than Mac Jones. And keep in mind, he's a rookie. And you're throwing to Jacoby Myers, okay, great. Kendrick Bourne, all right. Nelson Aguilar, meh. I mean, you got good tight ends. 
but you're doing this with a roster that has zero running game at the moment, and you're still being successful. So props to Mac Jones. Obviously, we already talked about Trevor Lawrence, and then Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson coming out and beating the Tennessee Titans. I mean, some of those throws that he had, they were fantastic. And this is a guy who I'm happy to see turn around a little bit. I I get you go back and forth, Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson, and that showdown will be coming into town here in a couple weeks. But Zach Wilson did his thing, right? So this rookie class right now, um, to go from literally last, I guess two weeks ago now it would have been, of just looking absolutely atrocious to now looking like the future. And obviously Justin Fields needs some credit as well. Um, You know, I I think Justin Fields... See, if you watch that Lions game, you sense that Nagy's job was on the line. You sense that Nagy didn't go out to the bar the the previous week. He was watching all the film that he could could handle. He was trying to devise a game plan because this game against the Lions, it was make or break. And guess what? Mission accomplished. You beat the Lions. You were supposed to beat the Lions. But I think people left that game as well, leaving, you know, Fields had an okay game, 11-17, one interception, 209 yards. Um, didn't really get it done with his feet too much. But at the end of the day, you, you won the football game. And, and that's what matters at this point for the Chicago Bears. So we're going to do our quarterback grades tomorrow. We'll go more in depth of, in case of, like, how we all felt about every single quarterback that played. But overall, it was a fantastic showing for this rookie class. And it's, it's one to keep following on, um, you know, as weeks progress. And I'm keeping an eye on Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the New York Jets now to see have they kind of figured some things out a little bit. Do they have a gamer right now in Quincy Williams? Um, is Zach Wilson, was he warranted to go with the number two overall pick? Because for the first couple of weeks, you had a guy in Robert Sala that was saying, eh, we'll see. Uh, we don't want to throw too much at him right now. He's got to get out of this funk. Well, I mean, for lack of a better word, he's out of the funk now, and he's feeling good. He's feeling fresh. He is uh, he is funk-free, if you will. So keep an eye on the Jets. Keep an eye on the 49ers. Keep an eye on all these rookie quarterbacks. And I don't know, did David Mills do okay? I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch the Texans. Uh, they lost like 45 to nothing. So probably not. Probably then. not. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Why do I feel like the Lions are always – competitively in these games and the Jags are not. Obviously, the last two weeks, the Jags have been better, but the Lions played well against the Packers on uh, Monday night, the other night. For the first half, yeah. They, yeah. For the first half, they're in it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they they should have beat the Ravens if the kicker didn't, if Justin Tucker didn't make six. It wasn't a freak of nature, for sure. And their roster, we don't even know who's on the team. Couldn't, I couldn't, I mean, a, a, a Kwame St. Brown, I think, is a receiver. Yeah, he's out there. Yeah. That's a, that's a creative player I come from. That's yeah. a creative player. So, yeah. Um, they have Peter Hawkinson. I'll be honest with you, Casey, and it's interesting that you say that because I remember when I looked at some of, like, the betting trends um, in the preseason, the Lions and the Eagles, in terms of over-under their their, their wins that were laid out before everybody, the Lions and the Eagles were the the top two teams that had the over of the wins that were expected. Now, the Eagles I can see because, you know, Jalen Hurts, like, we all kind of, at least a lot of people expected him to, take a step forward, you know, they have a solid roster. Fletcher Cox, still one of the best defensive linemen at the time. They had Brandon Graham, a very underrated um, edge guy until he got hurt. Like, the Eagles are a good team. They have explosives. They have, they have weapons. The Lions do not. So then it goes to show you, it's like, okay, well, what did, what did the public see in betting the Lions so much? Why would you bet the over? And it comes down to the head coach. This is literally 
a coach that bursts on the scene like the Kool-Aid man um, the, the first week that he was signed because he's talking about biting ankles and winning by any means necessary and, and just kind of bringing that Detroit toughness, if you will, back to the lines. And I think that resonated with people. And I think it's resonated with this team. Now, yeah, the Lions still have good players. They have TJ Hawkinson. Penny Sewell is starting to look like a pretty good tackle. DeAndre Swift, underrated running back. Jared Goff, obviously, you know, he's storied. They have the players. But guess what? Every team in this league, there's going to be some players. Like, I don't care if it's the Houston Texans. Well, they still have Brandon Cooks, all right? Uh, <laughs> they got somebody. Like, every team has players in this league. But what is the attitude? What is the culture? And I've said it many times on this show. You just get the sense with Campbell as a head coach for the Lions. Like, he is going to will his team come hell or high water to at least a couple of wins. Wins that they probably shouldn't get. Just because of like, that, that's his mentality. It's the same thing when, I think this was two years ago, when Rabel of Tennessee without getting too graphic and getting the FCC over us, said that he would cut off a certain appendage um, of his body to win a Super Bowl ring. Now, was Mike Vrabel serious? I hope not. Okay, dude, I hope you weren't serious. But the fact that it was even on his mind, the fact that, that, that those words, that phrase came out of his mouth, it shows you how much he wants to win. And you get this sense with Dan Campbell, he wants to win. Now, he's intense. And maybe that, uh, that kind of attitude, it's not for everybody. But the players on that team... They're gravitating towards it, right? Because I'll be honest with you, I am not a Jared Goff believer. I thought Jared Goff was, was a system quarterback, and that's like the worst thing to say about a quarterback. I thought he was a system quarterback. I still can't name any wide receivers. I Googled them. I can't pronounce their names. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson, fantastic. Their defensive guys, Trey Flowers is a stud. I think he wears like number eight or a single digit. I don't know who Trey Flowers is. Where'd he come from? You know who he is, Casey? No. He's good. Yeah. I don't know who he is. Was he 30 years old? Is he a rookie? You tell me. So you got a bunch of, it seems like a, like the island of misfit toys, if you will. And this coaching staff that he's kind of acquired is much of the same. But for whatever reason, it works. Now, they haven't won a game, so I can't give you too much praise. But the way that it looks, I'm impressed. Talking about the, the Detroit Lions, what Campbell's been able to do. Yeah, I mean... I thought they'd actually play better overall against Chicago. Chicago, I think you have to be just as impressed to turn that around after a terrible week. Well, it's like I was saying. I think with Nagy, he knew that his job was on the line, yeah. and he put 100% into that game. Yeah, like that it, was do or die. But it's like if you can come up with that, of course, then, it, you know, from the play calling changes and all that stuff. But if you can put your quarterback in that kind of situation, what the hell are you doing put him in the situation you did last sure. week? I mean, that, that you want to see a sign of inconsistency. Mm -hmm. And it really makes you we question how much work you are putting in every week. Mm -hmm. You know, how much uh, are you just kind of rolling it out there? Because they obviously did. I mean, to your point, they, they felt the squeeze this week, and they coached the heck out of that game. Now they're coaching against the Lions. But I actually thought the Lions were right there to be able to go beat Chicago based on all the noise in Chicago. It kind of worked the opposite way. Um, yeah, I think Campbell's doing a good job keeping them in games and, and kind of like the fight is there. But I mean, they did get down 20, was it 21 nothing? Did I see that right to Chicago? Um, I think they did. Okay, I think they got yeah, down 21 yeah. nothing. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. Back. Yeah, those, those special teams blunders. Yeah, I was watching they a little just bit don't have a lot of players. They're like the Jags. They don't have a ton of talent. Now, Jags, I think, might have a better roster than them. Yeah. Uh, now they got a quarterback that's been around it a little bit more. 
and you kind of know who they are already, Detroit, to your point, because of the mentality of their coach. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's hard to say that right here in Jacksonville. Like, do we know who the Jags are? We still really don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets, I think they're just relying on a lot of defense and hoping for the best on offense right well, now. Well, let's be honest, though. Even the Jets, it seems like they're already mirroring where Robert Sala. That's what you I mean, what defensively, okay. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're... They're playing a physical brand of football. Yeah, I, I watch a little bit of that. And I think the Jets, I think, see, I think the Jets, if you watch that, I think they have a, this is why Tennessee comes in, but the Jets have a defense that can put pressure yeah. on the Titans. They have some defensive players that, again, they're going to scheme that up a little bit because of Salah. I'm not sure the Jags are built that way. I mean, Tannehill got sacked, what, seven times? Can the Jags sack Tannehill seven times? I don't see that happening. Do you? No. And no, so, sir. and it, I just I think they're built a little bit differently. I think the Jags are a little better on offense. I really do. I mean, once they figure this all out, and they have been better the last couple of weeks. And again, Wilson played well, but um, or well enough, made some plays. But he also made some disaster throws. I mean, they sh- Tennessee should have never got the ball back. That's an easy NFL throw. Mm-hmm. And then down near the goal line, they should have won it on first and goal. They got tight ends wide open, and he yeah. wasn't even under pressure, and he threw it at his feet. I mean, you can't miss those throws, you know, if you're uh, if you're an yeah. NFL quarterback. I don't think. I mean. So there's still some stuff around. Both Listen, the teams aren't good enough. They don't have a lot of margin for error. That's the point. And, and fortunately for the Jets, the Titans didn't have anybody on the wideout position. They didn't really play all that well to begin with. And they slowed Derrick Henry down enough. Listen, well, if Henry's yeah. only getting 33 touches, for what do you end up with? i uh, look that up real like quick. Like 150? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, so, seriously, yeah. Like, that seems bad. But if you really break it down, 30, he had 33 carries. Sure. I mean, that's... <laughs> Like, that's, so it's not great. 33 for 157, 4.8 average. I mean, that's pretty good. You, it's very good, that. but for Derrick Henry, it can be even more. Yeah. You know, he's getting the ball 33 times. And when I'll tell you this. If the, if the Titans come to Jacksonville this week and they don't have A.J. Brown and they don't have Julio Jones and the Jags give up 150 yards rushing on 35 touches or something to Derrick Henry, like, I don't think that's all that bad. Like, mm-hmm. I really, like, I, no, because I don't not. know how much you're going to beat you in the passing game. Yeah. And so I think <laughs> it doesn't sound good. I understand that. But I think that's why the Jets had a chance to win the game. Derrick Henry's not going to beat you by himself at 4.8 a touch. Yeah. You know, you better be able to do something in the passing game. And they were pretty limited in the passing game. I mean, Tennessee was. when you have guys like Chester Rogers and, and Josh Reynolds, and Josh Reynolds, I know from because we talked to him at the Super Bowl a couple of years back when he was, he's with uh, L.A., the Rams. Yeah, yeah. But when those are your go-to guys. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jeremy McNichols, who was their backup running McNichols back. McNichols was a big-time target for them. Eight, eight receptions, 74 yards. And then you got Nick westbrook Ikein. I don't know, Brent. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't know. But he had three receptions, uh, which is good for, like, fourth on the team right now. So... Yeah, you, you, you're not afraid of those guys, let's no. just say. It's going to be the Derrick Henry show. Yeah, it'll be the Derrick Henry Unless show. Unless A.J. Brown or Julio Jones comes yeah, in. Yeah, I don't know what the, their prognosis is. I, I guess we'll find out more but, midweek. to be fair, I mean, I don't think we literally gave Tyler Boyd that much credit, and Tyler Boyd came out and did what he did. He did, yeah. And Jamar Chase had an okay day. He did, so. yeah. What I say about that, I think I said it the other day, I, I'd sign up for what Jamar Chase did. If five for 77, mm-hmm. like for a stud-wide yeah. receiver, he didn't get in the end zone. No, he didn't get in the end zone. Like, that's actually below his numbers for the first few games. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that's – but the bottom line is, like, A.J. Green – I mean, um, 
who was it? No, A.J. Green was for Arizona. But Boyd went yeah. off for 120. You know, I yeah. mean, you just – you can't allow 100-yard receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if uh, Chase is at 77 yards and the other guys are at 65, then that's a different story. For sure. Too many I mean, big if, plays. if Chester Riders come – if, let's say, A.J. Uh, Brown and Julio Jones are playing and Chester Riders comes in for 10 receptions for a buck 20, yeah, yeah probably not. But it know? should scare you a little bit, the use of the backs out of the backfield for Tennessee, because the Jags just over time haven't been great at that. The mm-hmm. Jets – Corralled that pretty nice couple of screenplays. They were all over it. Um, I just can't. Derrick Henry. I just can't believe I saw Quincy Williams tackle Derrick Henry like one on one, like and the, hit him in the thigh board, and Derrick Henry fell over. So what is the, that? The Quincy Williams thing. They gave up on him probably too soon. Is my cure? Is my guess? Is that a better scheme fit for him? <sighs> I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. He's probably a little undersized to play a middle linebacker here in yeah. Jacksonville. But then, I don't know, are you undersized to take Derrick Henry on one-on-one and hit him in the thigh board and knock him over by yeah. yourself? Pro- I mean, I don't know. Um, I think with Quincy Williams, let's see, he played how many games? In- see, he didn't play in, in a meaningful game in Jacksonville, did he? Or how many games did he play in? Well, he played in Oh, some. you know, he did. I'm sorry. He started eight games in 2019 and then played in seven of them. Didn't start any of them in 2020. Yeah. So he got a little... He was a developed guy, and they yeah. just didn't stick around to see the development. Again, I don't know if Quincy Williams going to the Pro Bowl. I think he had a really nice game, and he's playing for a pretty poor roster sure. <laughs> in New York. Well, props to him because he had a day. Yeah, he did. He had a heck of a day. Yeah. And he, that's a weird thing to watch, especially because he's still got a couple years left on his contract, and the Jags could have that guy at the very least for depth purposes. We just, they released him, right? We didn't trade him away. Or did no, they we released him. him. He was cut. Could at least got a six-round pick for him. <laughs> Another one. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I feel good that we won. You know, I feel good that we won. I, I think that, uh, again, I didn't try to. There's just some emotional moments thinking about coming up here and playing. And, um, again, I just I know why it's tough to come in here and, and uh, win a game, you know, all these years. So you, this team does a great job to make you earn it. You're not going to win every game. Um but, you know, it's a tough football environment. The crowd's into it. Um, I'm just, I'm really happy we got to win. Quite frankly, Tom Brady played like ass. Jeez, <laughs> Brett. Drop <laughs> button. <laughs> <laughs> Brady wasn't even good. Yeah. Was he? No. Made a couple of really nice no, throws, I and mean, Antonio Brown should have had the I ball. Said, I said the, the the feather in in Mac Jones' cap is the fact that he outplayed the goat. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. And Mac played really well. I, I really thought the game plan. I don't want to take anything away from Mac. Mac's ex- Mac executed the game plan, but they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. Uh, but he he withstood the pressure. I think he just withstood the moment. Like, and that shows you. But the guy played Alabama. I didn't question Mac Jones' ability to handle the limelight and all that stuff. He I mean, played at Alabama. Sure. So. Um, but I just thought Brady, I was surprised Brady played so poorly. Now, the rain had something to do with it. Oh, come on. I guess. No. Uh, but, I mean, on, he was sailing stuff. He's. Well, you think Tom Brady hasn't played in rain before? I know. I mean, he's played in snow in that building. Yeah, for sure. How much do you think it was Belichick, or did he just kind of, that's a tough moment for a player, I got to believe. I, I don't care who you are. He's not superhuman. Yeah. The emotions just couldn't maybe even settle down, just couldn't focus all week, couldn't get couldn't get into his normal game stuff playing in that game, even once he was in the game, even though everybody says they can once it starts. Mm-hmm. Like, that's different, right? I mean, this was harder than a Super Bowl for him to play in, is my guess. So I could tell probably from the first two drives of 
who was in whose head in terms of like playing. And, and, and I say it like like this: the Buccaneers, Brent, their wide receivers, their weapons, they're they're on their level, right? I mean, they have Antonio wow. Brown, you have Chris Godwin, they're so much better, and, and you have Mike Jones. Uh, Mike Jones, you got um, <laughs> Mike Evans. Hello, Mike Evans, yeah. Mike Evans. So, by the way, is he losing a step? Well, here's what I was getting at. Out of those guys I just named, I would say Mike Evans is still the true one receiver. Like, he's, he's the bigger body. He's the red zone threat. He's, I mean, I get Godwin's a deep threat, but so is Mike Evans. Like, I think Mike Evans still unequivocally is the one receiver of that team. And then Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin kind of follow him where they get in. The fact that Brady kept going to Mike Evans in the beginning of the game to no avail showed to me that Brady was trying to outdo Bill Belichick. Because if you know anything about a Bill Belichick coach Patriots team, they always take away the one receiver. Yeah. They always take away the biggest weapon. Now, with all due respect to Antonio Brown, because he had, he had an okay game, all due respect to Chris Godwin, Mike Evans is still, in my opinion, the one receiver. He's yeah. the guy that can wreck you. And Brady kept on trying going back and back and back to him. Because to me, it was Brady saying, hey, Bill Belichick, I know what your plan is. I'm still going to try to beat it. And now, yeah. I mean... You know, he had some trouble in the beginning. He found a little bit of a rhythm. But Mike, Mike Evans didn't beat them. 70 no. receptions for 75 yards. I mean, that's still impressive against the Patriots defense, who takes away, like, the primary weapon. But to me, it was very telling, and Tom Brady is showing, hey, I'm going to try to beat Bill Belichick at his own game. How old is Mike Evans? But seriously, is he losing? Like, I looked at that game. You want to know what my thoughts on that game? First of all, Mike I, Evans is 28 years old, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you can't deal, lose a step. It's probably bad. But he just, was never a speedster, though. No, I understand. That's why it doesn't make sense. I, it just, is he as good as he was? Like, is he, I, I think we've watched a couple of Bucks games this year, and I don't feel like I'm jumping off my couch over Mike Evans. Like, So, I, I think the, the story with Mike Evans, and you always see this when he plays against, uh, what's the dude's name from uh, New Orleans? Lattimore, Lattimore? Yeah, yeah, because they always put Marcus Lattimore on him. Is Mike Evans is more of a physical receiver than he is like a burner or even a route runner. Like he he wins reps because of his size and because of his physicality. If he matches a corner that's as physical as he is, then I think he starts to fade away a little bit. And that's what I think you see sometimes from Mike Evans because he doesn't have the burning speed, the the crisp route running um, to win. He needs to use his size and his his length in order to win. Well, so a couple other things. So, I, and I don't know. I mean, listen, Mike Evans might go to a Pro Bowl and get, he's going to still get, I'm not saying he's not good. I just wonder if he's as dynamic as he was. I, I don't feel the couple of times I've seen him this, this year, maybe just because he's getting so much attention. The other side of that is, I think J.C. Jackson's underrated player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is an underrated guy. I mean, look what he's done interception-wise. No, interception numbers are crazy. But he locked him down. I mean, he was pretty good on him now. Yeah. He made it uncomfortable, yeah. to, to your point, where he likes to take away that, that receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belichick does. And then the other part, and, and I understand he just came back, but Mac, jo- Mac Jones was picking on Richard Sherman. Oh, yeah. I mean, flat out picking on Richard Sherman. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like you, that's not you mad, bro. Richard Sherman, that's not Legion of Boom, Richard no, Sherman. He's been I understand out, yeah. he's old. I understand yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's been out of the game. I yeah. understand that was his first time back. But, I mean, that was a slow Richard Sherman. That was not a good... I don't know if that's more to come, but the Bucks are in trouble a little bit in their secondary. They have a lot of injuries, and I guess my point in this is I don't think that's going to be the plug that sets them over the top and gets them back on track defensively. Uh, the Bucks have some problems in their secondary. No, they definitely do. And, you know, even like we always say, you know, the Chiefs, like their defense just has to bend and not break because their offense is so explosive. 
the same thing can be said about the Buccaneers as well. But like at least the Chiefs throughout the years, they had Marcus Peters for a while. They have the Honey Badger now. Like they, there are suitable guys back there that can create plays and get you the ball back. I'm not seeing that right now in terms of the Buccaneers and their secondary. Now their defensive line is still formidable. Vita Vea, he's unbelievable. How, how much do you weigh again, sir? Almost. It looks like you're almost, with all due respect, because he's an animal, but you almost, he looks like you weigh 400 pounds. He's probably 340 or something. But it looks like he runs, I don't know, uh, a 4-6, and that's generous, I think, in terms of slowness right now in the 40-yard dash. Like, the guy is like, otherworldly, and he's, he's dominant. So their defensive line um, is just as good, if not as better, as they were than last year. But it's just the fact that they're secondary right now. It's abysmal. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, so overall, by the way, the, the main story here is, I mean, not really to break down the Bucks and Steve Patriots. Belichick. <laughs> Steve Belichick. I mean, let's be honest. That was a that story a last night. Story. What, what's up with the tongue, dude? Get that tongue in your mouth, huh? I don't know. Like, I look at the Belichick, the Steve Belichick thing, and I'm like, now that's a defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? like, see, I mean, it's, like, you're either it's, like this big burly guy with a beard. Or you're a freaking crazy-looking yeah. guy doing stuff like that. Yeah, and, like, like that was the personification of, do you think the Patriots want to win that game? Just look at Steve Belichick and how he's reacting yeah. on the sidelines to each and every play because the camera kept going back to him. Oh, yeah. Obviously, they're, they're producing the camera. Hey, just let's have a Steve Belichick cam. Like, let's just, <laughs> they might keep, do that now. They might have one. I mean, now. he'll get a lot more TV time now yeah. after that. He did you, get a lot of TV time, too. He did. He did. Do you think he'll be a guest tonight on Monday Night Football? With Peyton and Eli, Steve Belichick. No, are they doing that oh. tonight? Are they doing it every week, or did I see somebody say they were doing it? Oh, maybe not. Um, like taking a little break and bringing it back in week seven or something like that. Well, I certainly I hope to look not. That up. I have no idea. There was a lot of people saying that last week when you I mentioned correct, it. You are correct, Brent. Yeah, taking a break? Yeah, so... This, Why? This, well, this is actually interesting. I, and this will be a totally different topic, but I, I thought about that. ESPN has done this a lot over the years. Like, if you go all the way back, like, you'd see, say, Chris Berman on SportsCenter mm-hmm. for, like, a month straight, and then you wouldn't see him for, like, two months. Okay. Be like, We're, and I think they almost, like, and now maybe Eli and Peyton just didn't want to do 17 weeks oh, when they lot. first signed up for it. Sure. That's what but, it is. Uh, I'm sure that's what it is. But, but they also, this is kind of a... It's a good move on their part because it'll keep people excited to want more. It won't be overdone. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually a really smart play. And <laughs> so much has been taken away from their actual Monday night crew <laughs> that, that those guys can get a little well, love and feed say, the ego well, for a week or two. What about them, then? I, know, like I know, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah. So the situation is this. They are only under contract for 10 games a year. Okay. Other or you can look at it this way: they're under contract for three years at those ten games, so they only have thirty games total for the next three years. Gotcha. So there will be some time off. As for the game last night, I think. By the way, I don't think Belichick would have joined him anyway. But you don't think so? No. Um, Steve? No. Okay. As for last night, as I'm watching uh, the lead up, I was like, "Yeah, whatever. Come on. All right, whatever, whatever. It's a little overdone. It's overhyped. It's a regular season game. I understand the storylines. Some of them are cool, um, but it's overdone." Mm-hmm. Sitting there last night, it was kind of captivating, really, mm-hmm. to watch the pregame, to watch how the fans would react, to watch Brady go home, and a little bit of it is, I mean, I have this great understanding of New England. Again, I, I think people think I'm from New England, <laughs> and so I'm a Patriots fan. I'm not. I was a Dolphins fan growing up, but I want to to tell you why, if you've never heard, the reason why I'm a Dolphins fan growing up is because the Patriots were blacked out on TV, mm-hmm. and they were terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, they were awful. Like, people don't realize that. Today's generation certainly doesn't realize that the Patriots were bad. Like, 
Jags yeah. kind of bad right now. And, and they have, like, one of the worst logos in the NFL. <laughs> and then it wasn't until they started winning. It's like, you know what? That's cool. That's that cool. Those throwback uniforms. Yeah. I like that logo. So to understand all that and how much Brady and Belichick made this into a dynasty that most people now would say are like the Yankees, are like they're in the breath of the Lakers and the Celtics. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what kind of territory they brought them to. And Brady built it. Uh, I tweeted this last night. I mean, Brady reminded me of Tiger a little bit in the world that he had to go now back and face what he built. Mm -hmm. He built 66,000 people at Gillette Stadium. He built this great atmosphere where Gillette Stadium is tough to win. He built all of that Patriot way where winning, you just know how to win, right? So even in games where you're overmatched, you're probably going to have a chance. Like, he helped build that. I always say about Tiger, Tiger built a generation of golfers that now beats him. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and everybody else, they, had to raise their they game. beat them. Yeah, they had to raise their game. You know, mm-hmm. and so very few athletes get to do that. Mm-hmm. But Brady built that in New England with the help. I mean, not alone, but you get my idea. Mm-hmm. And to see him go back, I just don't know if we will see that in the team sport arena like that. Again, I'm not even sure. Like, LeBron was big, but it wasn't that big. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like this. This was bigger than LeBron. And all the other things that we had said before, like we went through them last week, the the other instances, this was bigger. I I never want to say, hey, we'll never see that again. But it's going to take a lot to see that, especially with the personalities of the two gentlemen, too, at the front and center with Belichick and Brady and the mystery behind both, really, for 20 years because they were so quiet. For sure. As much as it pains me to say, being a football fan, I don't think we'll ever see something like that again, honestly. Because will we ever see another dynasty like that with the New England Patriots? Will we ever see a quarterback play in that many Super Bowls again? Yeah. I would say no and no. I would say so no. So how can are it be the same? Impossible? I mean, do you I think it's Patrick impossible Patrick could do it? I mean, he, like we maybe. can actually say that. We can say Patrick Mahomes is off to a hell of a start and trying. He is. Now, if he plays until he's 42, maybe he does get to nine of them. I don't think so. I yeah. would say you're probably right. Yeah. And so then he would have to be the guy that... But here's the thing. Here's why it doesn't work. Because 15 years from now, he's playing for the Jags, and he goes back and, and he, after he won a Super Bowl with the Jags, and he goes to Kansas City. Well, Andy Reid's not coaching anymore. True. Andy Reid's not there anymore. Yeah. Andy Reid's in the, in the pride or the hall or whatever yeah. they got, but he's not on the sideline. And also, Trevor Lawrence, okay, what happened with him? Oh, yeah, that was after, after Trevor went made to the hall. Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah, good, good, so, good. Okay. I yeah, guess. Okay, okay. I he decided you. he wanted to get out a little early. No, that's fine. <laughs> Him and his brother opened up some kind of thrift shop. It's, they're, they're, they're killing it. I mean, cool. hey, he won 10 straight Super Bowls. He had to leave. <laughs> he just got bored. He got bored of winning. Wasn't an easier some, comparison? Somehow I don't know how Mahomes and Trevor won all those Super Bowls. They separated the league. I don't know. Wouldn't an easy comparison have been Trevor comes back here after they build all the facilities and the new stadium and stuff like that? Probably, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but... It, it really was a unique night. I think that, I mean, it really, really was. It, it was yeah. probably overdone, but it will probably be unmatched. You know, I, I'd love to know that. Yeah. That was pretty cool, I thought, after the game. the Brady, I thought, was really good post game. Mm-hmm. But the acknowledgement of everything, the, the willingness to take all the questions from Michelle Tafoya, mm-hmm. and then the, uh, the whole story that Belichick went in the locker room yeah. for like 20 minutes after, and they talked and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, I think it is cool. There's no listen. These guys are going to be tied at the hip forever. I think they understand that. They know that. Doesn't mean they got got along for 22 straight years. Yeah. But I think there's way less to that part than than people have portrayed. And in part because when you are so quiet and you don't say anything, people make stuff up. 
Yeah. Like, that's, that's, they do. And, and I think that's what happened in this situation. To me, though, it's, just, it's, it's a little disappointing because we talked about it, the Star Wars comparison, a.k.a. Kylo Ren. Like, Bray didn't play that good. It's almost like he tripped and dropped his lightsaber and then somebody else came to, to like, help him out. But you he know? had like, to Ray, win. Ray came in to help him out and beat the... I know he had to win. But he, at least he but won. He yeah. But you're right. There was something missing. Well, Leonard Fournette had like 90 yards. He did good, you know. But I feel like if Antonio Antonio Brown catches that ball, then that made True. everything better. True. Right? Yeah. Like if he catches that ball, then it's like, okay, yeah, Brady didn't really play that good. But look at this play. That's the play they show. Yeah. Now there's really not a play they show. What's the play they're going to show? A six-yard run for a first down because he really wanted to win. No. You can tell. It jumped off the TV. We're not seeing anything. We're seeing more Steve Belichick. <laughs> and I'm here for it. Would you have kicked that, by the way, or go for it? I would have kicked it, probably. Well, the bottom line is it had the length, and it was a pretty good kick. It yeah. just missed by inches. I know. I think it was the right move. Yeah, you had to kick it. I don't think I would have, though, at the time. You don't, you don't think so? In the rain. It was pretty. It was coming down, man. 56 yards. is. Fi- and this guy's not known as a 65-yard kick guy. No, no. But he was close. I mean, it was pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. <laughs> baseball enjoys it. Um, I think our fans, you know, will show up on, on, on Tuesday and then make Fenway feel home and uh you know we we wanted to play at home we, we for a lot of reasons you know uh but at the same time having la- that last at bat is always important and uh we should be a, a fun atmosphere at Fenway Park it should be great that is Alex Cora and we got ourselves some Yankees Red Sox in a wild card game. I mean, that's I pretty like good it. stuff, really. I like it. I mean, it is pretty good. It does remind you, I think I saw Gene Fournette tweet it. Uh, 78, which I would have been one, was like the one-game playoff type of uh, between the Yankees and Red Sox. Bucky Dent in infamy in Red Sox land. Uh, but it's pretty cool for baseball. I mean, what, I think it's wild. Like, I don't think the, the Red Sox or Yankees have a chance to win the World Series. Okay? Of course, they have a chance, Brent. Yeah, everybody's having a good chance. I mean... I really don't think they're good enough to even sniff it. I really don't. I understand. Uh, yeah. The Yankees yeah. could get hot with their bats, all that stuff, but you got to get hot for like a month. You know, that's a lot. And I don't think they have the pitching to do it. I really don't. So, and even Garrett Cole isn't pitching well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, and then you look at the Red Sox. The Red Sox have bats. But Chris Sale had two chances, and he failed, really, this last week. And they have no bullpen. So, but what's interesting about the other one is the Cardinals are playing so well that they might be able to win it all. It's hard to, to, to rule them out. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers seriously might be the best team in baseball. They might be the best team in baseball and they could lose they call one game. Yeah. They could lose before basically the playoffs even start. It's fascinating in the wild card. For sure. Now, I'm not going to say don't say never because the Washington Nationals, that wild card spot, I didn't perceive them winning the whole thing, and they did. They did. I, I don't I mean, remember exactly you, the bullpen, on the, but I just feel like the Nationals were pretty good, though. And maybe they yeah. did just get hot. Like the, I, I keep kind of joking about this. Like, the Red Sox aren't good. I, 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 I helped myself out yesterday because I reverse jinxed them. They were uh-huh. down 5-1. They came back and won after I tweeted it. Did you it. say they were trash again or they, they were bad? Yeah. yeah. Classic Brent Martin on and, brand. And, and by the way, like, it's really amazing that they've won 91 games. Like, so you got to be pretty good to win 91 games. Ooh, a compliment. But they are so oh, here flawed. We go. Here we go they again. Are, yep. Casey, how flawed are here the Red Sox? Flawed. They're really flawed. They can't, I mean, their bullpen's bad. Their bullpen is so flawed bad. Flawed their way into 91 games. I, I know, I know. Flawed their way into 91 wins, but okay. But I'll give you, here's, here's what's crazy about that, okay? Mm-hmm. 
The so are the Yankees, but they're ninety one. But they're flawed too. Mm-hmm. Now I think they're a better team than the Red Sox. I really do. Uh, but for a variety of reasons, they tied with them. The Atlanta Braves, I think, won eighty eight games to win the NL East. And the Braves, until August, weren't even over five hundred. Mm-hmm. They had never been over five hundred all year. Now they won eighty eight. Yeah. So like, how much is like ninety one's good? But there's a big difference between winning, like, 97, 98 games and a plus 100 games than winning, like, 88, 90, 91 games, I think. Yeah. Like, it sounds Kinda like a lot. Kind of hanging by the skin of your teeth. I, I got gotcha. you. A little bit. I yeah. mean, you probably did well in some of the metrics, like the one-run games and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, you can listen to both the games tomorrow night and Wednesday night right here on ESPN 690. I like it. Um, coverage is going to start at 730 for 730 both of coverage. Games. I'll be listening. Check your local listing. If the Red Sox are winning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I got to go to battle with the Yankees fans for one more day. I'm not looking forward you to excited? that. You excited? You're nervous? Or just, you, you think, do you kind of see the inevitable happening? E- yeah, I kind of do, although Fenway is going to be rocking now. Yeah. Fenway is going to be rocking. Mm-hmm. And, again, I, I'll tell you, I think the Re- Yankees are a better team than the Red Sox. So mm-hmm. I, I really do. So the Red Sox should come in here a little bit with no pressure on them. Yeah. Um, I think the Yankees will have a lot of pressure. Uh, I think Boone loses his job if they don't win this game, quite frankly. That's fair. You think so, Casey? 100%. Yeah. With Derek Hall on the mound? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of pressure. I think there's pressure on Cole in Fenway to get it done. And so, uh, but I do think the Yankees will win that game. I mean, it says a lot about the Yankees and the Red Sox that the Yankees, if they had a four-way tie, picked the Red Sox to play at Fenway over the Blue Jays and over the Mariners. Now, the Mariners, for obvious reasons, right, from travel, standpoint and maybe even Fenway for but they wanted to play the Red Sox out of the f- three other teams they could play they chose to play the Red Sox that's what yeah. the story passing had which is wild I didn't even know how that worked but that shows you that the Red Sox are gettable yeah in my opinion in case obviously you'll be watching this game because I think the Rays play the winner correct that is correct yeah, yeah. How, how you feeling about it fine you're fine <laughs> hey just fine. chilling like I said, I wouldn't uh-huh. want to play the Yankees in the wild card because of Garrett Cole but otherwise come you're, on you're all set right. neither bullpen is good if you don't have a good bullpen, you're not beating the Rays. That's just what it is. Yeah, the Rays. Listen, the Rays didn't even need to win anything, and they almost swept they're the still Yankees. Winning. Yeah, gotta love it, right? You no, know, that's. I mean, you guys are. Yeah, they're, they're, on, they're on a winning streak. The Rays are all Milwaukee, but keep buy a win or do something. <laughs> I know. Do something. That, see, that gets you nervous because they're. Yeah. Hey, Brent, a little petrified right yeah. now. Yeah, and then was it Williams? They obviously oh, yeah, they're losing. I mean, we, we've been. Yeah. That was a little don't, negative don't karma going on. Yeah. Right. Not playing Atlanta Braves. Hey, uh, real quick, did you see? Big story on NASCAR. Bubba Wallace yeah. uh, gets the win in Talladega. Uh, first African-American driver to win on that NASCAR, the big NASCAR circuit since Wendell Scott. Crazy. He won back in Jacksonville back uh, 1963. 63. Why do I see 64? I've seen 63 in December of 63, so it was late in the year. Okay. Um, what, a, what a neat tie. Yeah. to Bubba Wallace and Wendell Scott winning, what was it, the Jacksonville 200 or something? Yeah, that was, was back called? when we had a track. It's now an apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, is that a TIA Bank Field? Where are they doing that at? No, uh, it would have been... It's off of, uh, like, Pecan Pe- Road. Pecan Road, right? Yeah. yeah. Pecan, Pecan. Pecan. Very cool. Uh, well, and we talked about it, too, uh, during the break. Also at Talladega, where that whole, you know, the, the incident went down yes. with the rope and everything. And it, year, it turns yeah. out it didn't. But, like, I remember the cool scene from that was every player, or every uh, driver got behind Bubba Wallace. Yes, pushed, pushed him to the front, which was kind of a 
historic image. They're it all was. getting behind him right now on social media, too. A lot of congratulations coming in from his peers. Listen, it's awesome. Uh, Bubba Wallace in that role in NASCAR has to carry a lot. A lot of pressure yeah. on his shoulders, too. And so uh, he gets the win. That's got to be what a relief for him uh, and his team as they get it done. It's a big story in the sports world, as it should be. Football at 5 coming up. More Jags talk, more NFL talk. Uh, we keep it rocking on ESPN 690 next. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.